Good morning. You're used to seeing my husband up here, not me, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> He's in Kansas this week um, with Pastor Paul and Pastor Ben. They're on a conference, and uh, somehow I ended up here. And um, I'm used to being in front of people, but this is a little bit different. Um, I was a little bit relieved when I found out that Kristen wasn't going to be here to be watching me <laughs> do this. Um, but in his place, I have my mom. So I don't know how that works out, but um, I'm nervous to be sharing in front of her, but I'm so happy to have her here with me today. I told Susan um, I had a dream about this because I've been thinking about it and stressing about it and all that stuff. But I had a dream and I came out and I was just like wearing you know, gym clothes and no makeup, and I was all stressed, and, and clearly I didn't do that, but I should have, because I've been crying all morning, and my makeup is all in my eyes, but I'm really, really, really excited to share with you. I'm really nervous, um, but I spoke with Kristen this morning, and he called and prayed with me, and he said, don't be nervous, you're talking to your family, and so that made me feel a little better, and uh, I received a... Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I received a uh, Facebook message from Pastor Paul. When I saw it come up, I thought, okay, he's probably going to be teasing me here, but it wasn't at all. He was very encouraging and just let me know that he was praying for me this morning and for all of us, and he told me to make sure I slipped it in to tell Vanessa how much he loves you. So I promised him I would. <clears throat> um, so I want to take you back for a little bit before I get started. I've uh, been off work for a little while now. Um, that's why my mom is here. I say babysitting me while Kristen is away. But before, when I was still working, I kind of had a, a morning routine done uh, down and timed well that my drive to work, I would listen to Joel Osteen on XM Radio. <clears throat> the kids always tease me for it. And I know not everybody is a fan, but he's a very positive person. And I'm going into a stressful work environment. So that positivity in the morning was always good for my spirit, and he always started every broadcast with a joke, and I'm not a joke teller, um, but I'm going to try to relieve some of the pressure I'm feeling here and share a funny story with you, and it'll be probably a good way for us to get started. So Kristen and Pastor Paul and Pastor Ben arrived in Kansas on Monday, and um, they're staying actually at the home of the host that's doing the conference. So there were 15 men all staying at the same home with the host. So they were the first to arrive, and uh, the host and his wife were giving them a tour of their home. They have a very large basement, and they brought them into a big bedroom with uh, 14 single beds. And they said, you know, this is where everybody will be staying. Showed them the one bathroom that they're all sharing. And, um, and then another door that opens off of the bathroom into a small room where there was one bed and they said we have one woman joining us so of course she's going to get the the room to herself so as the day went on everybody was trickling in and arriving and in the afternoon it kind of seemed as though everybody had arrived and there was no woman so the host and his wife came in and she said was there any of you that were supposed to be bringing a woman with your group and nobody everybody you know nobody answered and uh she said, from what I remember, this woman was coming from Canada. And so Kristen was in, and he's like, was her name Kristen? And she was like, yes, actually. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine how much Paul and Ben were laughing at that. Yeah. 
We have a lot of those stories when it comes to Kristen's name, but this one is my favorite. <laughs> and uh, he, he said it worked out because he was going to enjoy a room while all of the other men stayed out. But uh, apparently there's one man that was a, a heavy snorer, so I think it was a collective vote that he went in the single room and they all ended up together. So I'll be honest with you, I was like very, very nervous and terrified when Paul asked me to do this. And I'm a school teacher, so I stand in front of people and teach um, for a living, but this is quite different. And, um, you know, the weight of God's word is quite a bit more than grade two curriculum. So I've been doing a lot of praying and hearing what God has been speaking to me, and I really just, my prayer today is that that comes through and that he touches your heart in the same way that he's been touching mine um, this little bit. So, of course, as soon as Pastor Paul asked me, my first thought went to Proverbs 31. I thought, well, that's where everybody, that's what everybody thinks it's going to be about um, Mother's Day. It's going to be that Proverbs 31 woman. And so I thought, well, that's too predictable. I can't talk about that. But really, it was kind of a springboard for, uh, for where I felt God was leading me. So I just want to read a portion of that to you. Proverbs 31, uh, starting at verse 10 to 31. And I'm actually chose the Message Bible. I have a lot of different ones, but this is the one that I liked for my purpose for today. So, a good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him with generosity all of her life. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons, enjoys knitting and sewing. She's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. She's up before dawn, preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. She looks over a field and buys it, then, with the money she set aside, plants a garden. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. She senses the worth of her work and is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She's skilled in the crafts of home and hearth, diligent in homemaking. She's quick to assist anyone in need, reaches out to help the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. The winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. She makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and silks. <clears throat> her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. She designs gowns and sells them, brings the sweaters she knits to the dress shops. Her clothes are well-made and elegant, and she always faces tomorrow with a smile. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she always says it kindly. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. Charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Beautiful, right? So not too long ago, somebody in a conversation had said to me, you're such a Proverbs 31 woman. And I know they were trying to give me a compliment, and I said thank you, but the chatter inside my head was, you don't know me at all. <laughs> and I really felt like, oh, have I misled them? You know, if they only knew up early in the morning. There's many of those things that I can look back and say, that's not, that's not me. Um, but I believe that we look at that ideal of a Proverbs 31 woman as being the perfect woman. So then we kind of grade ourselves, I'm not sewing clothes. <laughs> so, oh, I'm not a Proverbs 31 woman. So we 
we kind of look at that, but we all know there's no such thing as a perfect wife or a perfect mother or a perfect woman. And this is where I believe that for a lot of moms, we have something that comes into the picture called mom guilt. And a lot of people talk about that. And actually, the Urban Dictionary defines it as guilt that a mother feels anytime she takes time to do something for herself outside of work that does not involve her children. And I would even venture to say that we can add another point to it here that I believe most moms and even women in general struggle with. And it's what Theodore Roosevelt meant when he said, comparison is the thief of joy. We feel guilty for the things we do. We feel guilty for what we see other people doing, all those things. And one of my business mentors, P.K. Smith, he calls that the sin of the sideways glance. And how many mothers impose that guilt on themselves when we see something being done by somebody else and not always better, it could just be different, and then how we do it or in how their kids behave or anything like that. And we somehow internalize that to make ourselves feel a little guilty. And I think back to when, you know, Jesus was here, did he experience that? He walked around, he experienced rejection, he experienced ridicule, and he had his disciples with him, he had people following him, but do you think that he spent time wondering if people were questioning what he did? Did he wonder if they were approving of him? Did he watch what other people were doing and think, I'm not doing that? He didn't get caught up in any of that. He was so focused on his mission yet we sometimes do that ourselves. We watch what everybody else, and we're not focused on our mission as a mother, as a wife, as a woman. Sadly, that's where sometimes today we see, you know, gossiping and judging and things like that coming in, and uh, I'm not going to talk to you at all about that today. I'm going to leave that for Pastor Paul if he so chooses, but that's not my heart to speak to mothers today. Uh, Really, my heart is to encourage you, and uh, I just want to be able to help you get a little bit unstuck if you're feeling that way with your own thoughts. And a lot of us do get stuck in that mom guilt. And I know it doesn't apply um, to everybody here, but uh, I really felt that that was the message that God had for me today. Sometimes we're stuck there and we don't really, we don't really notice it. Um, You know, when we talk to our other people about our children, and we look at other children, we always kind of tend to put our children in a better light. That's what we say, oh, I'm a good mom, I'm going to praise up my kids, and that, that bias comes from love, right? But sometimes what we do inside our own head is we talk really negatively about ourselves, and that's not how God would talk about us, right? But we tend to feel that inside our own ha- head is a safe place to uh, get lost in those And how many times when somebody pays you a compliment as a woman or a mom, do you, you know, maybe you say thank you, and uh, maybe you don't, but um, in your own head you tend to dismiss it somewhat as thinking, well, they don't really know all the other things that happened before what they saw in just this moment. Um, My friend Zach Slobin says, as long as you believe your lies, you'll never live your truth. We know where lies come from, but we also know the source of all truth. That's where our attention needs to be. The voice inside our head can sometimes be a voice of condemnation, but God instead gives us the voice of conviction. And where those things differ is that condemnation really points to misery and points out lack, but conviction really requires change and inspiration. And so we often are quick to dismiss the truth because of the lies that the enemy tells us in our head. 
you have to remember above all that you are a child of God and he wouldn't speak of you that way. He would sing your praises and sometimes we're the last ones to do that for ourselves. <clears throat> this realm of mom guilt uh, really makes a lot of women second guess their mothering skills and sometimes and their ability to please their husband or keep a clean home or contribute to society. And much of what Proverbs 31 refers to the working moms often feel guilt for working and not being at home with their kids. And then you have the stay-at-home moms that feel guilty for wanting to leave their kids home alone sometimes. And, but that guilt doesn't come from God. It comes back to the comparison. If you're a working mom, you're looking at the stay-at-home mom. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're looking to the working mom. And we're always in that mode of going back and forth. New moms compare themselves to the mom that they think has it all together. And I remember um, when, before I had my children and I would sit in the pew with Marcy and she would have like all these things in her bag for Lucas and he was a baby and it was Cheerios and I was thinking, oh my goodness, like I'm never going to remember to have all those things ready for church. But you know, you're always in that mode of comparing yourself to the things that other people are doing. And um, you know, I think there's a lot of older moms that look at some other moms and say, well, what if I had done it that way? Or if only I had done that. And we still kind of get in that back and forth. I saw a funny picture going around on Facebook. Um, and a lot of you have probably seen it because I saw some friends that had shared it. And uh, it says, how to be a mom in 2017. Make sure your children's academic, emotional, psychological, mental, spiritual, physical, nutritional, and social needs are met while being careful not to overstimulate or underestimate, improperly medicate, helicopter, or neglect them in a screen-free, processed foods-free, GMO-free, negative energy-free, plastic-free, body-positive, socially conscious, egalitarian, but also authoritative, nurturing but fostering of independence, gentle but not overly permissive, pesticide-free, two-story, multilingual home, preferably in a cul-de-sac with a backyard, and 1.5 siblings spaced at two years apart for proper development, and also don't forget the coconut oil. <laughs> right? Do we put that pressure on ourselves, right? And then it follows by saying how to be a mom in literally every other generation before ours. Feed them sometimes. <laughs> I would definitely say that every mom of every generation has had a lot of expectations, right? That's how we feel now, but I'm sure every mom has. Um, but we, we put those expectations, good and bad, in every generation. And uh, a lot of times, sadly, we feel as though we don't measure up to the expectations that are there. If we're focused on our deficits, then at the same time, we can't be praying, God, use my strengths, use my gifts, use my talents, if my focus is on where I feel I'm lacking. It has to be one or the other. I encourage you to ask God to use your gifts and talents and use you in a way that everything that you're doing as a, your role as a mom and as a wife and as a mother, um, that they're all God-honoring. Galatians 6, 4 says, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Take pride in themselves alone. That's hard for a lot of women. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. There are a lot of really, really, really strong women that are confident, 
but we're not talking quite about that. When I'm at work, I'm a very confident teacher. I'm a very confident team player in my school. Um, in my business, I'm a confident coach. All, I'm not talking about that part of my job. That's different. What I mean is when you get that compliment, when somebody talks about who Deborah Lee is, not my job as a teacher or my job as something else, but when somebody talks about me, I have a bit of a harder time to accept that. Somebody says I'm a great teacher, I'll say, yeah, I know. <laughs> I am a good teacher. I work really hard at that. But say something about me, and that's a little bit, a little bit different. But God has not created me to be a teacher. A teacher is something that I do. It's part of my job. But he's created me to be Deborah Lee in all the gifts and talents that he's given me. So really, that should be my goal, is to be the best of me for me, not just as my job. <clears throat> um, we, I said I wasn't going to talk about judging, and so I'll ask you, don't judge me on this because it's not a norm, but we were watching TV one day, and um, the show we were watching ended, and Celebrity Wife Swap came on, which we don't watch, but we left it on. It was just Ethan and I watching it, and uh, there's these wives of celebrities that trade homes for a whole week, and um, one of them, this woman was, you know, cleaning and cooking. She was a fanatic. Those things were so important to her. And she was now spending a week at a home where the mom had nothing to do with that. So it was a, a big wake-up call for the husband, for the kids. Everything was really different. And vice versa for the mom who did nothing and now had to go spend a week with a family where she was expected to do all those things. So we didn't watch it long, but we just kind of had a sense of, of what was happening. And uh, so when we changed the channel, um, I, I know who I am, and I can honestly tell you, cooking and cleaning are not my strengths, and my mom is here, and she can tell you I've always been that way, always been that way, and uh, Kristen knew what he was getting himself into when he married me because he was going to have to pick up some of that slack because it's, I say it's not one of my giftings, and that's why I kind of get away with some of it, but um, we watched just the beginning of this show, and, and it wasn't long, we turned the, turned the channel, but I had said to Ethan, would you like to have a different mom to come and spend a week with you and cook and clean? And he was like, no, which, of course, I was like, oh, right, made me feel really good that he said no. And so then I said, well, what if it's, I was going to pick on Susan, I said, what if it was a mom like Susan? And she came and she cooked for you for a whole week because Ethan loves Susan's cooking. And he was like, well, like for a week, but then I'd want you back, <laughs> Right? which I totally get. I would, I would love to have Susan come to my house and cook for a week too. But you know, in that moment, I'm the one that asked the questions, but still in that moment, I could have compared myself. Susan's an amazing cook. She's an amazing wife, amazing mom, right? So I could have compared myself and said, oh, you know, Ethan wants about, no, but that's not what it was about. I can look at that and say, you know what, Ethan really loves cooking and he's gonna, he's a great cook, but you know, okay, maybe I should be trying to do a little bit more of that cooking with Ethan maybe or something like that. So rather than getting trapped in that comparison, I can step into, okay, how can I, you know, use that celebrity wife swap, imagine of all things, to inspire me, but to do something a little, a little more rather than the comparison. But what tends to happen a lot of times, I think, for us is um, that we compare ourselves to everybody's, like, I call it the highlight reel, right? It's the amazing posts on Facebook and social media. It's what we see here in church when everybody's at their Sunday best and we don't know the fights that happened in the car on the way here, right? 
And we know for ourselves that what we share with other people is not always the whole story. Yet when we look at other people's lives through that small, small glass um, view, we tend to think that that's exactly what their life is and my life just doesn't measure up. And so, you know, you see things on social media, you know, the, the hashtags of, you know, mom life or keeping it real and the struggle is real. And then people are like, oh, you're so right. They're so, it's so refreshing when somebody is open and honest about a struggle that they're having. And it could be like in the video, the, you know, 10 things of laundry piled high, right? And then when somebody does it and you see everybody like, oh my goodness, my life is the same way, rather than just these little tidbits of being this perfect wife, perfect mom, clean home, all those things. And it's just being real with each other. And I think that, you know, that's something that God wants for us is to be real, especially when we are a family here together and being real with each other is important. And uh, Proverbs 27:17 says that iron sharpens iron. And how many of you would agree that we need to have people praying with us and for us more now than ever, right? Especially for our families. And so the goal of that is that we sharpen each other. And I can't be a part of that process if I'm saying, oh, she's sharper than me, and she's sharper than me, and all this, or I'm saying, oh, I'm too dull, I can't help. It's really about that connection of, of being together and sharpening each other. So it's about supporting and encouraging, but being supported and encouraging as well. Um, I saw this um, on TV the other day, a man in Calgary won $40 million in the lottery. And um, right away, you go to, oh my goodness, you know, looking at his bank account and looking at my bank account, right? And comparing, comparing, but when you think about it, I can't compare myself to him in that I don't play the lottery for one thing but you know it would be silly for me to sit at home and waste time and energy and focus comparing those things when there's no connection there right now the reason he was on tv and in the news was because he won 40 million he told nobody and he donated 40 million to breast cancer research because he had recently lost his wife to breast cancer so I can look at that and say, that's so inspirational. I'm not going to compare our money, but I can be inspired by somebody who does something amazing from a personal experience to bless other people. So I think it really it just comes down to our perspective. It's so important when we're, um, when we're looking at those things. Comparison, really, it's going to be all the things I can't do. Whereas when I'm looking for inspiration, it's going to be inspiring me to reach out and to be a blessing and to do more and be more. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And sometimes mom guilt kind of rears up when life isn't perfect and things aren't going the way that we had hoped they would go. And as moms, we want to shelter our children from evil and pain and hurt and disappointment and all those things. Um, and we realize all too often that we can't. We've just finished a, uh, a book study here uh, called You and Me Forever, Francis Chan. And it's an amazing book. And uh, it's been very rich for Kristen and I to go through it and thinking, you know, a marriage study, um, but it had so much more to do with your personal relationship with God, and then how, of course, then every aspect of your life is blessed through that, um, 
I think in the fall we're actually offering it as some other small groups for those of you that missed it this time around. I would really, really encourage you to take a look at it, especially you know for all married or engaged couples. <clears throat> but in the book, Francis actually says that it's his prayer that his children will experience pain and trials and difficulties and hurt and disappointment uh, while they are still living under his roof. And that's kind of an opposite thought of that protective mode, right? The mama bear that everybody talks about. You want to shield your kids and keep them in that bubble. But he says, no, it's my prayer that they will experience those things because then as godly parents, we can walk with them through that so then when they are out on their own and they face all of those things, they have that as a reference point. How do we rely on God and family together to be able to get through those things? And I just thought that was such an amazing, powerful point. And you know, it takes a lot of trust in God, right? To say, bring trials to my child and then give me you know, your wisdom to walk them through that. It's a lot of trust, but again, if we're focusing on strengthening that relationship with God, he will give us the opportunity to do that. And I know that all of us face struggles as much as joys as mothers, and we take a lot of pride in our children and second guess ourselves when things don't go right. Um, but there's two things that I wanna just touch on to be able to say that I think they really will impact you. And if you just take these two little nuggets today, then um, I think it'll be good. You're not alone. Seriously, I think it's very unlikely that anything that you're facing in your role as a mom today, nobody else has ever faced it, right? You're likely not the first person to be in the position that you are in. And a lot of time that mom guilt tends to make us take a step back and uh, be quiet about it, usually for two reasons. You don't want to be judged and you don't want other people to know exactly what's going on. Um, but also is that we have that, again, dialogue inside our own head that somehow it's our fault. If only I had done this, or what if, or I missed the mark. And so we tend to kind of put a little bit of that blame on ourselves. So it really alienates us from the opportunity to have other moms pray for you and speak of their experiences and what they have gone through in your journey. So I encourage you, if you are going through something, and big or small, but surround yourself with a group of people that you really can uh, talk to and be real with. First of all, your spouse. Take your spouse by the hand and pray for your family, for your children. And you know, that's a, that needs to be a daily offering your children to God. And I know that, you know, there are a lot of women that are single moms or, um, you know, that you're not in a position in your marriage where you would be able to grab the hand of a praying spouse. So I would encourage you to find a godly friend. And, you know, we tend to have a lot of people around us, but don't find the friend that will just maybe tell you what you want to hear. Find the friend that's going to pray with you, not just for you on their own, but they're going to take you by the hand and really surround yourself with um, godly women that are going to walk with you through that. And the next thing is before you do that, before you take the hand of your spouse, before you go to a friend, I really encourage you to go to God. That's where it really has to start. You have to just offer everything to him and ask for his wisdom and guidance in every aspect of your family life. And as you spend time with him, he's going to be reminding you of why you were chosen to be the mom of this family, why you were chosen to be the partner for your spouse. 
and you know that fear and that doubt they're going to be replaced by peace they're going to be replaced by words of wisdom that you can speak into those conversations and it really really has to start there Um, thinking back to last Sunday we had David Hazard here sharing his story of his family and I don't know if you're like me, I, I would love to sit with his wife and, you know, from a mother's heart, hear how this journey has been for her. And I'm sure that there are many days where, you know, they looked back and thought, well, if only we had done things differently, would things be different? And again, too many people get lost there. But um, when we had the questioning time in the gym, David shared that he had a time of, of grieving for his son, but he prayed continuously, and now they've made a commitment that out of a struggle in their family that was so raw and deep, they've committed to helping other families through that. They're relying on God to give them the strength and the words to reach other people, to help other people that are going through something. And um, that takes a lot of courage and a lot of trusting God to be so vulnerable about the deepest hurts in your heart, um, but allowing God to use that to bless other people, and it'll be so rewarding, and it calls for a little bit of grace on ourselves, and definitely a lot of grace for other people as they're going through things around. I would encourage you, if you see a mom that's struggling, to reach out and ask her how you can help. Offer to pray with her, or if you are a mom that is struggling in any way, then reach out to somebody that you admire, somebody that can be a mentor, somebody that you look up to, and and form those relationships to guide you through. If you see somebody and they're doing something well, tell them. And, I mean, it can be anything. Showing up on time for church. How many people say that to me when they see me? You're here early. That, I know. Like, I feel like I deserve, like, a pat on the back when that happens because that's an ordeal for us. But, you know, it's, it's something, it's those little things. If you see a mom and their child's having a temper tantrum, you know, say a prayer, tell them afterwards, you handled that great. You know, those are the times when we just want to disappear, right? But when somebody says that you handled that great, just being real with people, it's, it's, you're never ever going to regret giving somebody that encouragement or a compliment. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So ladies, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I know you've all heard that so many times. But we can get caught in that mom guilt of everything I have to, I have to do has to be for my children. But you can't do that. You need to take some time and spend it with God, one-on-one, deep, rich time with God. You need to spend time with your spouse, aside from your children. It's so important. Let them see the love that you have for each other, that they learn from that, even when they're not there with you. They, They know that it's of importance. And spend time with your friends. Do the things that fill you up and recharge you and refuel you so that your kids can see what it looks like when their mom has a life that's all out for God, let them be inspired and say, when they look, when they grow and look back, that they can see how God used their mom all the way through. I encourage you to do that. Show them. Theodore Hesper says, the most important thing that a father can do for his children is to love their mother. I I like that. 
So men, I definitely encourage you to uplift your wives and tell them what they are doing well, but above all, take their hand in prayer for your family. It's so important. I'm gonna actually invite Chantelle and the worship team to head back, um, but I saw a prayer about letting go of guilt that I'd like to read with you. May my guilt turn toward truth, and may truth give way to spirit-led conviction. May conviction lead to appropriate repentance and forgiveness wrapped in God's love. And may the Lord bring about in me an authentic transformation so that I may pursue living blamelessly before God and all for his glory. I do wanna wish all of you a happy Mother's Day. And to all the moms, you're doing a very hard job. I, I know that, <laughs> it's a very hard job. But you've been chosen and you've been equipped to be the parent for the children that you have. So my prayer for you is that as you are led by God to do that, that you set a God-honoring legacy for your children. Guilt and fear and doubt, they don't have any place in a beautiful calling from God. So you too can pray that prayer that guilt and fear and doubt will be replaced by spirit and truth. Looking back at that Proverbs 31 woman, I really do believe that it's the heart of that woman that wants to serve God and her children and her husband and be positive and make a positive impact on those around her, that's the key. It's her heart to be God honoring in all of those things that she's doing. We aren't expected to be perfect, so we certainly shouldn't be putting that expectation on ourselves. What is expected is that we have a heart that honors God in every situation. And today, I do realize that there are some women here that are not mothers and there are some here that have lost your mother, like Susan had mentioned, uh, some here that are experiencing Mother's Day for the first time, and sadly, there are some women here that have mothered children that are no longer here with them. There are happy mothers and struggling mothers and those with fond memories of their mom and those that would choose to forget. But what I really feel God is saying to us today is that his love for you is greater than all the struggles you face as a mom, and it's deeper than any of the hurt, but it's also bigger than all of the joys and much more beautiful than all the love you've ever experienced yourself as a mom. And if you choose to be a woman that asks God to guide you, he will in everything. And maybe it's to guide you in parenting a toddler or scary teenagers like I have, or maybe your kids are grown and gone for your home, but you're still mothering them. My mom's here taking care of me, still mothering me this week. That role never ends, right? So in every stage of that, it's giving it over to God. And for some of you here, you might not be a mom, but you can play a vital role in the life of a child that's in your neighborhood or school or church, and that's still so important to be setting those godly examples in your role. If you let the voices of comparison and self-doubt go and replace it with prayers and listening to what God has to say, I really believe that he'll touch you in new ways. And I think that that will then go far-reaching, more than what we can imagine ourselves. So this morning, we do honor the mothers. Many of you have plans today for lunch and other things. Many of you have long-distance phone calls you need to make. Some of you may be going to visit a gravesite. But whatever it is, I ask that you just take a couple of moments this morning before you do and thank God for your mother. Thank God for your role now as a mother. And if you're anything like me, um, you know, 
as Chantelle and them lead, I just want you to take some time, just a couple of moments today to um, remember the importance of prayer. And if you're like me, you know it's important to offer that time to God of prayer for your family and uh, for your children. So um, I would invite, if there's anybody that wanted to come and, uh, and have prayer for that today, and it doesn't mean that you are struggling, it's just another time to be so thankful and offer your family to God and, um, and ask for his guidance and blessing in your role, not just on Mother's Day, but for every day, um, then I would invite you to come. Thank you, happy Mother's Day. <laughs>